Hello, and welcome to The Box. I'm your host, Addison Gilmore. A while back, I came across a box full of old journals with weird stories that seemed way too bizarre to be true. The further I dug in trying to find the source of these stories, things got even stranger. They're about to get even stranger still. So, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, stop what you're doing, go back to the beginning, and start there. Otherwise, things are going to make even less sense than they already do. I don't know who you are or what you're up to, but let me suggest that you leave this alone. Are you still having dreams? Seriously, what the fuck is happening here? Regnant is not the big bad in this season. I won't become a weapon. You got this. Guard up, head down, keep moving forward. Okay. First things first. I owe all of you an apology. I mean, realistically, I probably owe you lots of apologies, but this is a specific mea culpa for the SOS I sent out. I was emotional for, well, reasons, and felt sort of like Esther, I guess, declaring I am, I am, I am, like, if I didn't, I might become the nothing some wish me to be. Still, I know I freaked some of you out, and that wasn't fair, so I'm sorry. And while we have a lot of catching up to do, we gotta start somewhere, so here we are. And yeah, I am inserting random background tracks, because I've gotta do something to keep me somewhat sane at this point, so deal with it. I'll start by saying this. I'm fine. Well, no, that's lie. There are not enough hours I could spend on a therapist's couch over the span of a lifetime to undo some of what's been done. But physically, I'm fine. I mean, mostly. The bruises have gotten to the point where they're deepening and darkening, that ugly time period when they scream from beneath your skin, I am, I am, I am, before fading to putrid shades of yellow. The broken bones have long since healed, though. The laceration on my head bled like a son of a bitch, but that's sort of what head wounds do. And I did slice open my forearm on some of the jagged metal in the factory, and my knees look rough from that one wipeout, but I'll live. So, well, maybe not so fine. But fine enough that I'm sitting here talking to you, which, honestly, I wasn't entirely sure would happen again. I'm sure you wondered, too. I mean, I haven't put up a post myself in, God, what's it been now? Two years? And yes... I have now seen all of your emails and messages and posts and tweets, and you are very sweet and very patient. Please believe I never meant to make you wait this long. I was just... indisposed, I suppose. I'm glad you got to meet Quinn. She was so nervous when she told me she'd posted in my stead. I'm sure you could tell she was nervous in the audio. She told me later she was trying to impersonate me, which is... (laughs) so very Quinn. I wish she'd have let you get to know her better. When she was herself, she was bubbly, but sharp, and funny, and tough as nails without letting it harden her heart, and... 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't get emotional and here I go again. <sighs> there were others you never got to meet at all, impersonation or no. There are others still you've met that you'll never hear from again. But it is my most sincere hope that there are some you'll embrace with open arms as they come back into your lives. Ugh. I feel like I sound ridiculous. I just don't even know how to begin talking about all this. Part of the problem is that I feel like, almost naked right now. It was bad enough when I had to rebuild the first laptop, but now, I mean, you'd be cracking up if you could see me now. This computer is probably, I don't know, 15 years old? I shit you not, I am currently working with Windows Vista. Vista. If you don't remember Vista, you are officially too young, or I am officially too older. We are all just officially ridiculous, and I'm going to vote option number three in an effort to avoid sounding like the geriatric yelling at you to get off my digital lawn, so just trust me when I say this is painful. Ugh. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Twisted the wrong way. Anyway, um... Learning curves, decrepit operating systems, and a mic held together with duct tape aside, we've got bigger problems. Like I said, I was lucky during the last transition. It wasn't all of my files, but I had that hard drive, which made migration a lot easier. I destroyed it after I'd moved the files. There was way too much information on it to risk letting it fall into the wrong hands. On the new PC, I took great pains to encrypt that data wherever I could. Quinn wasn't kidding about what a mess it was from the outside looking in. Organized chaos, designed to discombobulate. I mean, if I could stop Quinn, well, you know it was a goddamn fortress. Which probably makes no sense to you. <laughs> don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <clears throat> the point is, um... There was only one copy of the materials. One. I'm talking notes, audio, text files, images, even some video. The whole of the research I'd amassed since I began at Regnant. And no, before you ask, I didn't upload it to the cloud, but that was because it just seemed too vulnerable. So, one copy of the materials on an air-gapped computer. And now, it's all gone. We'll get to the why and how of all that. I just wanted to explain why you're about to hear a lot of explaining, with a lot fewer voices. And that honestly kills me. You know, I wish you could have heard Erica's reaction the first time I landed a punch, or Terry when I brought that thumb drive home, or God, been there when I got absolutely hammered with Frank. God, I thought Graham was going to kill us. And oh, I wish you could have met Dee. Marvelous, magical, mastermind D. Actually, there's a part of me that wishes D could have met Quinn, but if you had put both of their brains in one room, I'm fairly confident that either A, the world would implode, or B, they'd have become humanity's new overlords. I wish you could have met Christopher. You probably wouldn't have liked him at first. I know I didn't. He was sarcastic and grating and demanding and dismissive, but he was also protective and funny and reliable. And beneath all that bluster and bullshit, he had a hell of a heart. And the shit we went through together. I'll say this. 
bonds forged in hellfire or something else. Ariana, as it turns out, was just as big a bitch as we expected. Maybe in another context I'd have called her a badass bitch, but in this case she just was a bitch. Full stop. I definitely learned a lot. We certainly didn't have the whole picture going in, I'll tell you that much. Regnant is a lot bigger than we thought, and there's a lot more at stake than we've realized. Even with everything that happened there and everything that came after, the only thing I'm confident I know is that we don't know shit. And there was an after. I haven't been working inside of Regnant this whole time. Shit got really fucked up. Like, really fucked up. Boom goes the dynamite fucked up. And the blast sent me into an entirely different world. So, we knew about Central, right? Learned about Regnant, and I'll get further into that later. But the last arm of the Triskelion, we hadn't touched with a 10-foot pole. The Wilds. It was this mysterious amalgamation of who the fuck knows what and who the fuck knows who, and to be entirely honest, I was equal parts curious, irritated, and terrified by its inscrutable nature. Maybe that's why I put off diving into the quagmire for so long. But to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, sorry, couldn't resist. Shout out to the Letterkenny fans. To be fair, information on the wilds was, at best, a wilderness itself. The best way I can think to describe it is as an image that, as soon as it seemed to be moving into focus, would shift back into a blurry impression of an image. Does that make sense? Probably not. But that's what I mean, I guess. None of it ever made sense to me. After a few years traversing that blurry landscape, I really wish I could tell you I have a firm understanding of what we're dealing with. I don't. In all honesty, I'm not sure I ever will. What I can tell you is that I'm not entirely sure the wilds were ever really meant to be entirely understood. I almost feel like you're supposed to appreciate it as a beautiful, terrifying patchwork quilt. A quilt that can keep you warm, but might be adorned with teeth. God, I've got to stop using these stupid metaphors. All right, let me try it this way. What are the wilds? I think the best description is that the wilds refers to all persons possessing atypical abilities and entities or events that cannot be explained by conventional knowledge and are not aligned with either central or regnant. Members of this group may or may not be associated with a loosely organized subset of sensitives within the wilds population, with goals that are as vague as they are significant. But all members are aware of their status, the existence of others, and the reality of events that defy explanation, even if not all members carry a full understanding of the landscape. All of them are aware of Central or Regnant. All carry at least some knowledge of the prophecy. Some subsets are more aware or informed than others, some because of isolation, some by choice, and some subsets specialize in specific sensitivities or areas of knowledge. And while there is a sort of council, it's not like what you find at Central or Regnant. If you'll excuse another poorly executed metaphor, which realistically we all know won't be my last. Think about it the way you might an empire. 
Britain, for instance, might have colonized areas around the world, but that didn't mean the queen understood the day-to-day -day life of someone living in a rural community in India, right? Nor did a farmer or tradesperson in those communities really understand what was happening in Parliament until it wound up directly impacting their lives or livelihoods. In some ways, like, good. <laughs> you know, I don't want an old lady in a tiara telling me how to work a field any more than she wants me telling her the back of her head is ridiculous. On the other hand, bad. I mean, mind your own damn business. Now, I know that sounds clinical. Yes, I read it. I had to work on it. And to be real, I'm still doing a piss poor job of adequately explaining it. It's one of those topics that's I don't know, probably best understood through a, a narrative framework. It's the people and their stories that truly depict what it means to talk about the wilds. And yes, you'll hear some of them. I've got more than I could tell in a lifetime, and I can promise you this, my retelling is not going to come close to hearing the stories from them individually. Except, I won't be the only one telling them. Not all the time, at least. You know, <laughs> I don't need to use any sensitivities to be able to see your brow furrowing and hear your brain going, wait, what? You just, you told us all the files were gone, liar. Well, okay, for one, like I already told you, when I said that in the last episode, I was very, very emotional. And two, yes, the files were destroyed. And that mattered because for a time at least, I was collecting hard information with the goal of, okay, again, something we'll get to later, but suffice it to say that those files were important. And three, it's a little more complicated than it sounds. Regnant got fucking played. All right, Miss Gilmore, I've placed a gown on the table there. If you could please disrobe, I'll step out for a moment. Okay, hold on a second. Can you tell me why exactly I'm getting naked here? You're not getting naked. You're putting on the gown. I mean, sure, semantics, but why do I need to put on the gown in the first place? I thought Miss Ariana explained this to you. Hard no. Well, as part of our onboarding, all those who possess special abilities or are suspected to possess them are subject to a physical, psychological, and parapsychological assessment. Para what now? We'll get to that. You know, when she said physical assessment, I was sort of expecting one of those physicals you had to get at the start of the school year. Some questions, check the reflexes, check my heartbeat, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, that happened. Happy to report I'm healthy as a horse from tits to toes. I mean, well, I was. <laughs> Not sure I'd pass much at this point except through the doors of an ICU, but back then, Dr. Christensen hummed and nodded her way through the standard battery of bullshit. Then she handed me a new set of clothes. What's this? Activity appropriate attire for the next phase of physical tests. Oh yeah? I wasn't aware there was an athletic wear category in the Ms. Regnant pageant. I'm not sure I follow. I mean, what part of a standard physical requires specific attire? Ah, a joke. I see. The punchline being... Well, given that we're not entirely sure in what capacity you'll be serving, it is important that we understand your physical capabilities. Strength, speed, endurance, so forth. You're kidding, right? I most certainly am not. It's a function of liability. I mean, and safety, of course. The well-being of the Regnant family is of the utmost importance. Uh-huh. Right. 
I'll be right outside the door. Dude, let me tell you. I felt like I was suiting up for the Hunger Games. And that wouldn't be too terribly far off the mark. You know, I've never been a treadmill girl. Weights aren't my thing. Heavy lifting for me was carrying the Grubhub order from the door to the kitchen. I mean, I can hold my own. In situations where absolutely necessary and probably not that important. But I prefer my sweat glands active because it's hot outside, not because I'm deliberately activating them. Dr. Christensen seemed at least passably satisfied, though, so after changing out of my Bush League supersuit and thankfully back into my still-not-comfortable-for-me-but-better-than-sweaty-spandex-blend-torture-attire professional costume, we moved on to the next phase. Miss Gilmore, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Philomena Avera. It's a pleasure to meet you, Miss Gilmore. Charmed, I'm sure. <clears throat> right, well, shall we? We shall. So, how are we today, Miss Gilmore? Still a little out of breath from Dr. Christensen's extreme boot camp, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yes, yes, I've heard Dr. Christensen is very thorough. Understatement. In all seriousness, though, how are you doing? You've had quite an eventful stretch in recent times. Again, understatement. That can take a toll. I'm aware. Are you always so opaque, so flippant? Is that how you cope? You're the doctor. You tell me. This isn't about me, though, is it? <sighs> Listen, I know you're just doing your job. And I know, on paper, I should be a basket case. Maybe I am. But this is not my first time stretching out on the proverbial therapist couch. You're sitting in a chair. Yes. Excellent powers of perception. The point I'm trying to get to you from said upright position is that I don't need you to try and suss out whether I'm depressed or manic or anxious or dealing with daddy issues Do you or... have daddy issues? God, Doc, you're not much of a listener given your profession. Why don't you put that down in the notebook? Performance review. Miss Gilmore finds my therapeutic approach to be rudimentary and clumsy. Look, do I have issues? Can't argue with that one. Will said issues directly interfere with my ability to do my job? Even if I don't know exactly what I'll be doing, the answer is no. Look, I have worked the Black Friday morning opening shift at Toys R Us. I've waited on tables full of Karens who are miffed that they even had to wait for a table in the first place with 10 more Karen tables waiting for them to finish their locale margaritas and at this point i've had to wrap my mind around the existence of people and places and fucking weird shit straight out of a b-movie script without getting locked in a padded room so yeah i'll get the job done without coming unraveled capiche i see and where do you think you got that strength oh for fuck's sake i wasn't lying bt dubs my mom would periodically decide i needed a little extra support in my life and Though I can appreciate the sentiment now and fully believe that there is zero wrong with therapy and that people who seek it out and really commit are brave as fuck and that everyone probably could benefit from some therapy, I, I sort of struck out in terms of finding a good fit. And in this particular case, I didn't have the time, patience, or inclination to bear my soul over a box of rapidly depleting Kleenex. I don't think the good doctor was especially pleased with how the session played out. I got the impression that she fancied herself the Ahab in our little dance, and I wasn't living up to the titular role. 
in the end, she gave me a passing grade. I, I mean, I assume so at least, because a little while after she left the room, a new face entered. Miss Gilmore? In the flesh. Follow me. Where are we going? It's time for your next assessment. The para-whatever thing? Parapsychological assessment. Okay, come on, is this really necessary? Again, follow me. Yes, sir, sir. What should I call you? My name is Corporal Steve Harding. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Corporal. Okay, then. Corporal, how exactly does this work? We have several specific abilities you possess. You'll be demonstrating your abilities in these categories, and I'll be assessing both your efficiency and power before reporting back. All right, let's do this. So this is where things got tricky. Showing my hand at this juncture was risky, to say the least. Like, I wasn't entirely sure how they were going to use me, or how much, or exactly how much risk I was going to be facing in the process, anything, really. Fortunately, training with Terry and co. had prepared me for exactly this situation. God, I still wish I had the audio from those sessions. Anyway... We'd practiced extensively how to undersell my capabilities, and that was exactly what I did. As predicted, they only tested me on a handful of sensitivities explicitly, stuff there was no way of pretending I couldn't do. You know, pyrokinesis, teleportation, telekinesis, things too many people had seen, probably some pregnant people too, even if I didn't see them at the time. There were a few moments where I wondered if Captain, I mean, Corporal, stick up his butt, could see through the equivalent of a dumb blonde routine. Not that blondes are actually dumb, we kind of rock, but you get my meaning. Instead, he just sighed resignedly at the end. <sighs> okay, then. Okay? Okay. So, what pass? Just follow me. Are we all done now? Time for a, a celebratory stiff drink? <laughs> On my own. I mean... Not an invitation. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure you're a lovely person, I just... <clears throat> like I said, follow me. Dr. Christensen will need to see you. <sighs> okay, lead the way. Now, this was a surprise. We had prepared for every other part. I mean, if I'd known I was going to have to sprint until my legs were about to give out, I might have done some more cardio, but we knew the physical was coming. We knew they were probably going to push me in that category. We knew there would be a shrink. We knew that they had to put me through my paces with the sensitivities, but walking back to the exam room, I had a sinking feeling in my stomach. All right, Miss Gilmore, don't worry. We're almost done. Now what? Wait, what are you doing? Relax. It's just a blood pressure cuff. And now? Shh. It's okay. <laughs> I did not sign up for any electroshock chicanery. It's just going to be measuring brainwave activity. See this monitor? Yes. Well, when someone has abilities, different parts of the brain operate, well, differently. These electrodes will provide stimulus to these parts of the brain to determine whether there are latent abilities present, or at least the potential for ability manifestation. So electroshock therapy? Like I said, limited stimulus. 
I promise you it doesn't work that way. Pardon me if I'm having a hard time believing you. Once these charges are administered, and they'll feel like a small tickle, you have my word, this will map the brain's response. That's really what it is, mapping your brain. Cue panic mode. One, I hadn't demonstrated all of my sensitivities. I mean, I knew I had them, but they didn't, which was sort of the point. And two, realistically, I had no way of knowing whether there were any other sensitivities floating around up there that I hadn't found yet, and them knowing with me not knowing was going to put me at a serious disadvantage. And three, if they decided I was too powerful or the one something I was and am not willing to agree with, I had no idea how they would react. Plus four... Fuck off out of my brain, you wannabe Pokemon villains with boring haircuts. Just breathe. This won't take long. My heart was going a mile a minute, and my mind was racing fast enough that I started wondering if maybe that would overwhelm the system. You know, like, oh shit, the whole screen is lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh shit, she's broken. And I almost laughed at that, but then I started thinking, oh shit, what if it does light up like a Christmas tree, but they're like, oh shit, she's like Dr. Manhattan, Dr. Strange, and Wanda Maximoff, who, by the way, should get an honorary doctorate for being a badass, and I don't actually hate that comparison, but if they're like, oh shit, she's like all of them rolled into one, shit is about to get real, like what happens then? And then I'm like, oh shit, I am not prepared for shit that is any more real than this shit, and then I'm hyperventilating, and I- Breathe, Addison. Just breathe. I did. Liebered breathing, which elicited looks of consternation from my medical nemesis, but it slowed. Slowly. You ever have a panic attack? I used to have them when I was younger. Awful stuff. Like, physically painful on top of feeling like your heart might explode and your brain is on fire. It was like every muscle in my body would contort, like they were trying to snap my bones from within, and I'd be sore for days afterward. Much love to those listening who know what I'm talking about. Probably why mom kept rolling the dice on therapists now that I think about it, but it was my mom who eventually found a way for me to break through the bone-breaking convulsions. Think of a song, she'd say. Play it in your head. Think about your heart moving to the beat. Make it a song that means something. And, you know, in that moment, I needed my heart to slow the fuck down. But I also needed my brain to play ball. I had no idea whether or not it was going to work, but I figured it was worth a shot. Okay, there we go. Good, Addison, just like that. Okay, first charge. You okay over there? Huh? Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I uh, I don't like tests like this. Just needed. Ah, there we are. Pyrokinesis, as expected. The dutiful doc had interrupted the song, and that beep made her face light up. All I could think of was Whoopi saying, "You know, girl, you in danger." Aerosmith had taken a back seat, and my heart was screaming at me. tone deaf anyway, uh, but now the track in my mind sounded like a meth-fueled attempt at impersonating Funkmaster Flex, like for real. What the hell? Damn. Uh, is, um, 
Something wrong? I think this machine needs to be recalibrated. It wasn't responding to charges it should have, and then it responded everywhere when it shouldn't have. I'll have the technicians take a look. We're done for the day, though. When I say I was relieved, oh God, safe for now. <laughs> er, well, done. Thing is, I didn't realize how safe. There was definitely more to explore, and I, I think I knew that deep down. I didn't realize, though, what the scope of those things would end up being. What do I mean, you ask? Are you still wondering why you could hear all of that? I wouldn't figure it out until much later, much, much later, and they never would. One of the corners of this bizarro brain, it turns out, had a very specific, ultimately very useful, sensitivity just waiting to be unveiled. I could turn myself into a human voice recorder. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't get too excited, okay? This probably doesn't mean what you think it does. Like I said, I didn't even realize it was happening at the time, much less how to tap into it deliberately until much later, and couldn't access it until something else got discovered, and it took even more time to figure out how to let all of you listen to what I was listening to, so no, I don't have recordings of the whole shebang. And in most cases, it's like flickers, you know? One statement made by one person, and I can't even tell the context most of the time. To be real, real too, there's some shit you don't get to hear. You hear me? But once I figured out what was happening, things did start to shift a little. Like I said, I still wanted, needed, those hard files. But it became a sort of stealth backup drive, if you will. One I didn't tell anyone about. One that other people couldn't tap into, couldn't wipe clean. Not even me even though there are certainly some memories I wish I could delete. And that's another part of the problem. You know, if you think of my brain as a backup drive, you need to think of it as one housing a nearly inconceivable amount of data. All those flickers, unintentional recordings, on top of the intentional ones, and more, over a period of years. With the kind of organization Quinn was bitching about on my actual computer, except maybe worse. And while this neural supercomputer... <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that. Makes me feel like I should be wearing a cape and tights or, like, leggings, because fuck tights and nylons and any leg coverings that run on a dime. I swear to God, it's a rocket. But this neural supercomputer, while pretty damn fast, is not about to challenge Watson to a duel anytime soon. So finding the right clips isn't always feasible. Unless you want me to wait a year between episodes, time I can't promise I have... Sometimes you're just going to have to take my word for it. Listen, obviously I'm still really fucking upset about what's happened. Not just because of the destroyed files so that does fill me with rage, but mostly because of, because of destroyed lives. There had already been too many along the way, and the people this time got just trying to help to do the next right thing, and then all of this because... Listen, we will get to it. I know it's really irritating to hear that right now, but I promise you, we will. For now, yes, I'm alive. 
I might be coming apart at the seams, but like a good pair of leggings, I still got some fight in me. As it turns out, this crazy bitch was not so crazy when she buried that go bag behind. The thing is, I had some clothes and a fake ID and a little bit of cash. I can't tell you where I am right now, though I guess it doesn't really matter since I'll be gone tomorrow. I, I have to keep moving to stay safe and to do what has to be done. I'll be back with more soon, though. For now, if you want to help out your favorite girl on the run, you can always contribute to the Addison Needs to Sleep in a Bed and Put Food in Her Body fund at patreon.com slash the box. <laughs> Every penny counts. My stomach wholeheartedly agrees. Until next time, stay safe out there. Thank you for listening to The Box. Don't worry, more episodes will be coming soon. In the meantime, make sure you've subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Of course, if you could rate and leave a review, it's always greatly appreciated. To get more information on the podcast, visit theboxpodcast.home.blog. You can also connect with us on Twitter at The Box Stories and on Facebook as The Box Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, feedback, or tips, contact us at OpenTheBoxPodcast at gmail.com. Want to support the show? Consider making a donation at patreon.com slash thebox. Every penny helps us bring you more great content, and we'll be launching Patreon-exclusive content soon. Thank you again for listening to The Box.